an unchanging word it is my most valuable earthly possession a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God the Bible is God talking to me personally I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully and I internalize it in my life by doing these four things know it in my head by diligent study store it in my heart by memorization and meditation show it in my life by doing his teachings and sow it in my world by being a witness hereafter I'll never be the same never 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 in the name of Jesus for his honor and glory both now and forevermore amen God bless you please you may warmly be seated and as you take your seat, help me welcome the brother, the sister beside you. Say, I'm glad you're in church today. God bless you. Amen. Make sure you are being greeted with a smile. If the person didn't smile, say, bro, you were not smiling when you were talking to me. Or you were not even looking at my face. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're welcome in Jesus' name. We're continuing our study on the subject of the Holy Spirit. God's agency for power, power for living, power for service. The Holy Spirit is God's agent for light. Amen. I read from Acts chapter 1, verse 5 and 8. Acts 1, 5 and 8. Glory be to God. It says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be my and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the utmost part of the earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, John 14, 10. He said, the works that I do, it is not me that do it. He says, it's my father that is in me. And we know in that regard, he was referring to the Holy Spirit as a father that dwelt within him. All he did he did by the Holy Spirit. Even after he had resurrected and he went to heaven to purify the things that are in heaven, the Bible says he did the purification by the eternal spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so if you and I today, we are going to live the way God wants us to live, in power, in unction, in grace, and function as efficiently as it desires us to function, we cannot do it without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Not just the head knowledge, oh, there is a Holy Spirit, no. But you must have that personal interaction, that personal testimony concerning your life, concerning your circumstance of how the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has impacted you as a person. Jesus said in John fourteen seventeen that the world don't know him 
They can't see him. Because they cannot relate with him. In the word seen, the Greek word that was used in describing that word seen was a word that spoke of, first of all, our being aware. We're aware because he has introduced him to us. We discern his presence because we believe what he has said concerning him in the intro to us. Because we discern his presence, we acknowledge his presence, which is key. And each of the steps are important. We acknowledge his presence. After acknowledging his presence, we will then experience his presence. That word, see. You are aware because he told you. You discern because he has said it. You believe what he has said. As a result of your discerning, you acknowledge, yes, I may not feel that he's with me, but the word says he's with me. Therefore, because I acknowledge, I begin to experience. How do I experience? I talked about it briefly last week. After you are aware of all those stages, in order for you, therefore, to begin to experience the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's a word that I've been using describing this in the Bible is a word yield. Our acknowledging and yielding. Because you acknowledge him, because you know that the person that said he's with you would not lie. Whether I feel him or not, I know he is there. Because I know he's there, I begin to take steps. To make me be able to relate with him effectively. And the umbrella, the envelope that contains the steps I take, is the envelope I have entitled yield. Y-I-E-L-D. What does it mean to yield? To give over possession, to defer to someone, or defer to an authority. To give up an advantage, to concede an advantage. And to give up one's place to another who is superior to that person. When we do this, yielding our lives to the ministry of the Spirit, we will begin to get to know God more intimately. And as a result of that knowledge of God, we will get to experience His presence more warmly within us. And of course, His power in our lives and circumstances. Unless there is an opposite to yield, we may not truly be able to appreciate what it means to be to yield, to give up your position for another. There's an example of somebody in the Bible that I want to quickly draw attention to. In 2 Chronicles chapter 2, 2 Corinthians rather, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 chapter 12 7 to 10, the story of Apostle Paul. He said this. He said, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Today, I am not dwelling on the thorn of, in the flesh. 
There are many theological arguments and presentations about it. It is not the subject of the discussion this morning. From verse 8, he says, This particular matter, this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Verse 9, he says, And God replied him, this was what God replied, is that my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmity, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Whatever the thorn in the flesh was, it was not something desirable. It was not something pleasant to him. They were source of disturbance to him. And he said three different times he sought the Lord greatly for God to take these things of him. And he said, God replied him. With what he said in verse 9. He says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The greatest enemy of God's strength in our lives is our strength. If God comes to help you, and coming to help you, he meets strength in you, the strength of God will draw. God's strength in our lives works better in all circumstances in our lives when we have learned the place of weakness. In accentuating the place of weakness in our lives, that is one of the places yieldedness to the Spirit of God comes. In this instance, Paul desperately wanted whatever this thorn in the flesh was to be taken away from him. When he petitioned God three different times, and he got the answer that he got, he said, I have now decided to glory in my infirmity. If this is what God says it should be, this is how he says it should be, let it be so. The first thing he did there was to surrender his will to God. The first step in yielding is learning to surrender. You really wish it was like this. You sought the Lord. You brought the word. You presented your strong reasons. And in the midst of it, God indicates to you, no. He speaks to you. He said, no. Leave it like that. It will be foolhardy for you to begin to insist, God, this is how it will be. You are insisting on having your way. And remember the rule I told you. If God's strength comes to you and he finds strength, he will withdraw. God's strength for us works better in the point of our weakness. What binds God's strength to our lives is our weakness, not 
our supposed strength. Are we following me? He said to the disciples in Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. He says, Jesus called out unto them, come, follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. The Bible says, they left their nets at once and followed him. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 to 30. He said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. When we surrender, we choose what he wants concerning us. It may not be what we want, but we have learned to surrender to him, to yield to him, to concede to him, to give place to him. When we choose to yield to the spirit, we do it out of love. We do it not because there is a pressure in our, on us to do it. It's out of the love in our hearts. And the, our love is founded on something. We know that he loves us deeply. We know that he loves us much more than we can love ourselves. We know that he desires our best, better than the best we can even imagine for ourselves. And we know that he wants us to walk in joy before him. We know all these things. The Bible says God that could not withhold his son from us. How much, what is it that you think he will keep away from you? If he says no, then it means that his no brings a better yes into your life and circumstance. And as a result of that, you yield to the spirit. The course of yielding in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says Apostle Paul and his team, they wanted to go and preach in certain places. They meant to go to the first place, Messiah, the spirit of Christ. Inside them, they, they knew that it was not it. Somehow, something was telling them, let me use our word, that, you see, they, they, they didn't feel a flow to it. They wanted to go. They had the means to go. They had, the men were ready. But each time they wanted to go, they said, the spirit of Christ said no to them. How did he say no to them? Could be one, by inner witness. It could be two, by creating some unease in them. And because they have learned to submit to him, they began to yield to him. Yielding comes by a decision. You first. And nothing more. The Bible says they wanted to go to another place again. The spirit of Christ resisted them. They meant to go to somewhere else again. Yet they found that the spirit of Christ said no to them. How did they know? Either by the inner witness. Or by the fact that there was no freedom. No liberty in our hearts. We call no freedom. No liberty. A state in which we don't have peace concerning a particular situation. As a matter of fact, from my own little experience and walk, if you come to tell me that God spoke to you, I will tell you, I will go and pray about it. But if you tell me that on that same matter, you have peace, 
with the decision or the course of action you want to follow, most likely, I would say yes, go ahead. I will support you. Why? Because I have come to see that the peace of God oftentimes speaks louder than the supposed voice that he speaks to us. Are we following me? The peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God that is the amen of God, the yes of God concerning that circumstance. When that peace is ruffled, when you are not, not that you are afraid or you might even be afraid and yet there is boldness in your heart, there is peace, there is settlement, there is tranquility in your heart about the matter. Go ahead and do it because in doing it, you are yielding to God. But if you are even sure about the predictions and the forecast and everything, and yet you check in your heart, it's not that you are afraid, it's that the fact that something, something is not just adding up. You don't know. You can't put your finger on it. I will tell you, stay. Don't take any action. Are you following me? It is those indications in your heart that shows whether you are yielding or you are not yielding. Therefore, when we surrender to him, we surrender because we know that he loves us. When we surrender to his will and leave our own desires, we are surrendering because we have a firm belief in the integrity of the person that has promised. Romans chapter 3 verse 3 says, let all men be liars and God will remain what? True. In fact, Romans 3, 3, 3 and 4. Romans 3, 3 and 4. Give it to us in the King James Version quickly. It says, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God, the faithfulness of God of no effect or without effect? Verse 4 quickly. It says, God forbid, yet let God be true. But every man, what? A liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Beloved of God, when the situation is not clear, or even when you think it's clear, the Bible says there's a way that seemed good to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. If you listen on the inside, you will know by the leading of God, the promptings of God in your heart, whether that is the way you should go, or whether that is not the way you should go. Listen from the inside. Build your life from the inside. Let there be a base of the word of God in your heart. And because you know that faithful is he. He's a God of integrity. He's a God of ability. He's a God of character. If he says it, that is what it is. It might look right at this time. But inside you, there is some fluffy thing going on. You are not at peace with it. Brother, sister, leave it for a while. Don't take a decision on it. If anybody is applying pressure on you, do it now, do it now. Tell him, sorry, I won't do it. Go. I would rather lose by not doing it than to take a step. And you would see each of those yieldings you yield to the Spirit of God helps to make the voice of the Spirit clearer and clearer in your life. Because you acknowledge him. Praise the Lord. Why are you surrendering? You are surrendering because you trust his ability. That is the second component of yielding. You trust in his abilities rather than your own ability. 
In First Samuel chapter 2 verse 9, the Bible says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. Again, I use the example of Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 12. I read verse 8 to verse 9. He says, For these things I besought the Lord then, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore, most gladly therefore, part of my trust is that in the midst of it, I must be able to give him glory in that situation. Lord, if this is what you want, I agree with you perfectly. If this is what you want me to do, I agree. You may be in tears, but Lord, I agree with you. What are you doing? It's not just about that decision you are taking alone. It's about the various decisions you will take tomorrow. Because one little step that you take in moving nearer to God, in getting more acquainted with the Spirit of God, will make it easy when you are going to take decisions about bigger things tomorrow. Why? Because in little matters, you have proven him to be true. But if you have not proven him, by the time you get to the big waters, how will you be able to prove him then? That's why we we'll begin to run around. Brother, pray for me. Sister, pray for me. Prophet, pray for me. You gather 10 prophets and they give you 10 different opinions from one spirit. Is it possible? That is why this is the time for you to learn the act of yielding to the spirit of God. This is the time. Someone said, what if I made a mistake? I would rather make a mistake on a transaction of 10 naira than to go and make a mistake on a transaction of 100 naira. Do you understand me? For if I make a mistake in a transaction of 10 naira, it helps me to know another thing about the workings of God in my life, how God does not speak to me. So that because whether I like it or not, the 100 naira decision will come. If I have not perfected my work with God in the little things, in the soft areas of life, how will I be able to perfect what God is saying on serious matters that could affect the rest of a man's life? If you have not learned to commit your ways to God and suddenly somebody calls you come to Abuja now and yet if you are used to asking God or listening to God you will hear a voice inside you. you there will be a disturbance inside you that you shouldn't go because that is not God's program for you to go. But because you are used to carrying your bag and running, eh, the Lord be with me. Read Psalm 91 and go. Eh? Or prophet, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. I have to be go to, a, go to Abuja for an interview now. And whosoever you call, pray for you. If he too is not sensitive to the spirit, because you don't know what is happening in his own uh, circumstance. He's not saying, okay, go in peace. The Lord be with you. Before you get to Ibadan, there's a problem on the way. And you say, God, why? God, why did you do it? Because you have forgotten or you have not learned to prove God in the little matters. Beloved, this is the time to build strength. The rest of your life is greater than what you have lived so far. So learn now to build strength in God. It is not when you want to marry, you begin to say, is it Tunde? Is it uh, Rebecca? Is it Emeka? Is it uh, James? No! The Bible says you will hear a voice behind you. This is the way. Walk therein. But if you have not learned to be acquainted with the voice that governs life, how will you be able to determine that this is the right thing to do? 
It feels good, so I do it. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. The end thereof is death. Beloved of God, in your business, you might even be in the right business. You have received direction. It's not every day we need direction. It's not every day God gives us direction. He has told you, get up from here, go to Akute. It's not every day we tell you to go to Akute. That is where your business is, maybe. But beloved, there is something called the guidance of God. Guidance is the daily breakdown, the moment-to-moment steps of how we should carry. You need the voice of God. Yes, you are in the right direction, but which leg are you going to take first to ensure you get the victory? That is where surrendering comes in. That is where trusting comes in. When you have learned the act of surrendering and trusting, the next very important step in following the leading of the Spirit of God is followership. He said, this is the way to go. You have checked it in your spirit. Everybody is saying, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. But he says, that is the way to go. You have checked it in your heart. There is peace in your heart. It does not break the word of God. You probably have spoken with one or two people who are mature believers, who you know have your interests at heart. Who you know are genuinely praying for you. And maybe there is a confirmation with what is in your heart already. Even when the rest of the world is shouting, you say, no, this is what God wants me to do. Particularly leaders of homes in this place, you need to understand this. If you have not proven him in the place of surrendering, you have not proven him in the place of trusting, how will you be able to prove him in the place of giving direction? This is where God wants this family. This is how God wants this family to go. Followership is as important as surrendering. It's as important as trusting. Because it is that in followership that you are made. It is in followership that you get a fulfillment of what he has promised you. Beloved of God, God's primary method of leading us is his word. It is also his primary word or his primary tool to build character in us. Some of the characters I have in mind are faith. Honor, integrity, steadfastness through trials, true humility, patience, unselfish, and true love. You come into proving this in your life as you learn the voice of the Hinas, of the Holy Spirit in your inner man. And how do I do this? Again, I go back to Ephesians chapter chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 17. Open your Bible. Open your Bible. Can we have it on screen, please? Ephesians 5, 17. It says, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You must know what the will of God is in your life. And how do I get into it? I get into it by regular practice. Of what we are going to read now. The next verse please. The next verse. He says. And be not drunk with wine. Speaking of control here. Control. Who are you yielding to? When wine takes a man. Comes into a man. 
Wine has a tendency to take a man over. So, who is in control of your life at this time? He says, wherein next says, but be what? Be filled with the Spirit. Verse 7, 8, 19. How do I provoke the feeling of the Spirit? Hello? He says what? Speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Moses said, if, I, if you go not with me, I will not leave this place. Isn't it? Your presence must go with me. But for the New Testament believer, Hebrews 13.5 and all the other scriptures we have read, Jesus said that the presence of God, God has said, I will neither, I will never leave you, nor what, nor forsake you. Meaning that his presence is always with you. So it is wrong for you to pray the prayer Moses prayed. If thy presence go not with me, I will not leave hands. No, no. Under the New Testament dispensation, you don't need to pray that prayer because you know that by the Spirit of God, the presence of God is already with you. Unless if God that promise is lying. Do you understand me? So, how do I activate? How am I to be sure of the presence of God? What was the presence of God to Moses and the Old Testament? What is the equivalent of it to me today in the New Testament? It is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? The Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They did this. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They did this. The infilling of the Holy Spirit for the New Testament believer today is like you charging the battery of your phone. It's a consumable item in your life. Because in every facet you turn, it is by the Spirit that you are able to do this. Do this. There are many things that take place that we are not even aware of. It's just like you hold your phone or this device, for example. There are many things that are going on in this device right now that I'm not even aware of. Updates could be going on. Different kinds of things could be going on. It has been preset that way. I don't need to be aware of it for it to go. There are some I might say, okay, I will authorize before it finalizes. But whether I like it or not, the battery life is going down. Do you understand me? The same thing. Every moment in your life, as a born-again child of God, the battery life, when I say battery life, the infilling of the Spirit of God in your life is a consumable item. He's going down. But thanks be to God. I don't need Nepa. I don't need a generator to charge it up. The Bible says, how do I lift up or increase the battery life of the feeling of the spirit? How do I do it? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19. By speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That is why, if you want to know the state of your spiritual life, get up, take a walk. Maybe from the end of this building or this compound to the outside there. You alone, quiet. If from the time you begin the walk to the end of the walk, there is no song in your spirit. There is no word of God homing around you. Know that something is wrong to the charging process. Are you following me? Because it's automatic. It should be charging 
per second per second. The charger is in you. The cable is in you. It is you, therefore, that will activate that. And one of the things that makes it easy for the charging to take place is knowledge. Know that I don't need some, I, I feel dry, I feel this. I am dry because I have made myself dry. I don't need an external charger to charge me. I need to know what God has said in his word. And what he says in his word for my charge level to go up is what? I speak. What do I speak? I don't speak defeat. I speak what he has said concerning me in his word. The lines are falling for me in pleasant places. Lo, I have what? A goodly heritage. I am blessed of the Lord. The blessings of the Lord is over me. As I go, the Lord is my shepherd. I fear no evil. The sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. It should be our default state. Not because there is a problem. Eh, which scripture do I use? There is nothing wrong in doing that. But your default state should be this state I am describing. Being filled with the spirit. And as you begin to say these things. You begin by speaking. As you speak the spirit takes over. Before you know it begin to make melody unto God. What is melody? Unarticulated. A song. You, do, you just begin to. It could be your tapping. It could be your humming. It could be something within you. You just stand and maybe you are charging your spirit by all those means. That is why when you allow worry into your life, it begins to deflate your battery. When you allow hatred in your life, it deflates your battery more. You allow bitterness, it deflates your battery more. Instead, deliberately intervene and substitute these things there. When you substitute it every day, deliberately like that, after a while, your spirit man gains ascendancy and it becomes your natural state. And when you do that, you will hear God. When you do that, he will bring a persistent idea to you. When you do that, he will remind you of a past deliverance. When you do that, he can just bring a line of a scripture over and over and over and over to you until it catches your attention. When you do that, you will see the bush burning. And you will turn to see. And from there, he will begin to instruct you step by step, step by step. When you wake up in the morning or when you are driving, don't consider the state of things so much. Beloved, even when you look at the state of things, quickly look at an appropriate scripture to address that situation. You don't know what to do. Just lift up your hands and sing. That is why last week I talked about a playlist. Each of us, you have playlists. Playlists of songs that take us far, take us into the spirit. Worship songs, praise songs, scriptures. Look, our generation is so blessed now that what previous generations would need books, cases, and so on to carry. You don't need to. Your phone is enough for that. You just put it on and that is your default state. You are walking, the music is playing. And you find that in the midst of it, you might even pause from the walk and behold, thank you, Jesus. As you begin to do that, you are connecting, you are downloading things from the spirit. And as you begin to download, in the course of your download, bah, you will download a wisdom that will be relevant maybe to solve that problem or something that is coming before you. Beloved, do you understand what I'm talking about? This is the process of surrendering. This is the process of trusting. This is the process of followership. Can you just stand up for a moment?
Drop whatever you are carrying. Drop whatever you are carrying. I want you to take a song. Your song. Your own song unto the Lord. A song of worship. A psalm. A hymn. Your own. Your own to the Lord at this time. Learn to break it. Learn to break it. Learn to sing. Learn to sing. Learn to sing. Put some scriptures in your heart. Don't speak in tongues now. Don't speak in tongues. Don't speak in tongues. Sing your song. Sing your song. Sing your song. Sing your song. It will be your language. It doesn't matter. Don't keep quiet at this time. Speak a psalm unto the Lord. Speak a psalm unto the Lord. Speak a psalm unto the Lord. For he is good and his mercies endure forever. Please, no instruments yet. Do that, do that, do that. Make a melody in your heart to the Lord. Make a melody. Make a melody. We are talking about benefiting from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is a Bible, New Testament prescribed way. If the presence of the Lord is always with me, how do I make that presence real to me in any situation that I'm in? That is what I am teaching you this morning. I feel dry. What do I do? I am dry because I made myself dry. The, the rainmaker is already in me. The sprinkler is in me. God's irrigation system is already in me. All I need to do is to turn it on. And beloved, this is how to turn it on. Now make a melody in your heart to God. Make a melody. No words, just make a tune to him. It could be the tune in a familiar song, you know. Just make a tune. Now, Gabriel, come. Come and play anything here. Play something that nobody can sing. Play something that nobody can sing. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. There's, some, there's a reason why I'm asking you to do this. You will discover that when you get home, he will come again on his own. He will come again on his own. He will come again on his own. Play something nobody can sing. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's sit down briefly. Close your eyes. Beloved, this is the way to win in all times in life. Follow it and you'll see the hand of God. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I declare that what you have practiced today, let it become ever increasing in your life in Jesus' name. If you are here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You cannot experience the ministry of the Holy Spirit until you give your life to Jesus. And I would love to pray with you. Can I see your hands up if you are here? If you are at home, just pray this prayer with me. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die. I believe he died for me. He resurrected for my sake. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father today. I confess him as Lord in my life. Receive me as your child today in Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer and you are online, call the numbers on screen. Somebody will be at the other end to pray with you and give you further instructions. If you are here, uh, Pastor Fidelis of Conicher, 
is in the house. Just look at him there. See him immediately after. Somebody will be, he will be there to speak to you and tell you the next step to take. I pray a dynamic walk with the Spirit of God this week for you. In the name of Jesus. And by the Spirit, you will deal with every opposition. You will deal with every challenge. And you will gain victory by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you.